Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. It wouldn't come out. Mika just tried to burp into the mic because that's how little she respects you guys. <laughs> it's true. Um, I don't respect any of our listeners. I guess one of our listeners. <laughs> and that's um, just true. And that's just true. One of our listeners, I guess, told um, another one of our listeners that um, on like a first date that they should listen to Best Mistakes. Oh, really? I love. Yeah. I got that DM today. Ooh, look who's getting DMs about the pod. Yeah, finally. (laughs) Mika's been like, every time I say anything that someone's DM'd me, rather than like taking the compliment, (laughs) she's like, why does nobody DM me? (laughs) (laughs) Hello. (laughs) There's two of us. What's going on in here? God, I'm the Dasha of this pod. (laughs) I mean, that reference is fully going over my head, but. Um, but sure. I mean, I know, I know what podcast you're referring to, to what podcast you are referring, should I say? Red Scare. Bleep that out. Bleep it out. We don't want any free plugs. <laughs> they have to, pay, they have to pay us. True. We have for that plugged coveted, them quite a lot. So for, we have to stop. We had a, if you want us to plug your podcast, um, it is $500,000 up front. <laughs> For um, two casual mentions um, in one episode. Okay. Yes. And that's just our rate. Mistakes. Ow. This is episode 10. Episode 10. Can you believe it? Can you believe it? That's like a very low number, but also feels like we just started. I don't know. Like it feels um, time flies is all I'm saying, because that means we've been doing this for nine weeks. Wow. Because we. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, You know, Owen Wilson gets all the credit for that breathy. Wow. Luke Wilson's the hotter brother. No, but Luke Wilson. Yes. Also does the. But also does it. Well, yeah. I don't know why people. Yeah. It's all they've all they've both always done it. They're related. Well, yeah, but you don't say everything exactly the same way as your sibling. All I'm saying is that particular word they both wow. say in a lot of movies and they both say it the same way. Wow. And we learned that when we watched Idiocracy this week with Luke Wilson. I mean, watched it is like a, a very, a very strong loose term. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we played Idiocracy in the background <laughs> while we all looked at our phones <laughs> um, and made dinner. Yeah. And then Shrek also played in the background. Yes. Yeah. Um, during our little weekend getaway, which is that gonna be your keepsake? Yeah. I okay. Guess. So do we wanna <clears throat> wait until we talk your keepsake before we talk about our little weekend? Okay. Sure. All right, well then let's freaking do it. Mistakes, keepsakes, and hot takes. Uh, okay. My mistake this week, I I have two. One of them is um, actually a little bit of a, an apology to you. (laughs) Um, it's not that big of a deal. And I feel like you probably never thought about it again, but it has been 
slowly haunting me more and more. Um, <laughs> this weekend when you got really drunk, well, you got really hung over. You didn't act yeah. drunk or anything, but you got hung over. So that implied that you got drunk. Um, the next day you were like, oh, I guess I got to stop drinking or I got to stop drinking, but that's not going to happen. And then I said something that sounded like the preachy friend telling you to drink less. I was like, oh, or you could just drink less. <laughs> but and it sounded like I gave a shit how much you drank when, um, and literally ever since it exited my mouth, I've been like, oh my God, Nika's going to think I'm such oh a like, judgy bitch. When really what I was trying to say is that um, I want you to keep drinking. <laughs> and I was like, just don't get hung over if you drink just a little bit less. But instead it was like clarified in the moment though. I know, but you know how sometimes no, I know. someone says something to you and even like, if you're offended, their clarification means nothing. Yeah. I was just like, the teensiest bit worried that that happened. You didn't, I was you not didn't offended. Act like it, I was but. not offended only because one, I know you, and two, everyone <laughs> we were with wouldn't have a goddamn leg to stand on. <laughs> yeah, to yeah, tell yeah, anyone yeah. else to take down their substance use. Right. Okay. Cool. I just I felt like uh, I think just because my initial like actual verbiage was <laughs> you shouldn't drink so much. <laughs> it really sounded like I was. Um, you know, I would do a formal, uh, what's the word? Intervention. <laughs> intervention. <laughs> if I were to do that, I would do, I would go all the way. All right. Make sure I would if you do an intervention, you do it in, in a house upstate. Yeah, no. <laughs> Private island, everyone tested. <laughs> FYI, everyone was tested in this group of four. four. Five, five? Four. No, it was four. I kept thinking it was five too, oh, but right. it was four. Um I, I kept not like counting myself twice or something, yeah. you know, because I'm so important. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so for Nika's big uh, intervention getaway trip, it's going to be <laughs> post COVID so that we can invite as many people as, as possible, make it a big bash. Um, OK, so that was my first mistake was just uh, accidentally sounding like a judgy bitch to my friend. Everyone gets me really fucked up and then starts the intervention. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now that you're good and loose, Everyone's up. like just railing lines of coke with me and then all of a sudden the vibe really shifts. Everyone's like, you have a problem. <laughs> Nico, we've all been talking. <laughs> We're like... Everyone's noses are covered yeah, in coke. Everyone's doing that like... <laughs> so, we, <laughs> so we've been talking and we have the best idea ever for your sobriety. <laughs> Picture this. <laughs> no, the only Picture thing you said this. all weekend... You don't do drugs anymore. That made me overthink was um, when you clocked how much I was really ripping that jewel at, <laughs> at four in the morning in bed next to you because I'd been uh, doing cocaine. Um. It was so funny. <laughs> Mika and I shared a, a room and I was like trying to fall asleep. And at first I was like, is Nika snoring? And then I look over and every inhale, every single inhale was through your jewel. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's what that noise is. But as I was um, ripping the jewel and trying to hide the fact that I was uh, reading more articles about the Hotel Taj attack in 2008. Yeah. You were like, I'm going to go to sleep. Good night. And then you just turned your body so that I couldn't see that you were looking at your phone. And I was like, I'm also looking at my phone. It's fine. Um, yeah, no, that was I just to clarify, I wasn't judging you for in either in either instance. Um my other mistake was today 
Um, so I, as you know, I'm currently on a little bit of a, um, weed and edibles break because I've been, I had a couple spirals (laughs) also it's either I'm having a spiral or I'm like incapacitated and I like, can't really get anything done or like leave, um, whatever. Like, I think it's my ADHD gets triggered by it and I get into like a hyperfixation mode when I'm high. And so I'm either like hyper fixating on something that I hate about myself and it turns into a spiral or um, I'm hyper fixating on a like YouTube rabbit hole or Wikipedia rabbit hole of some kind. And like, no matter what I do, I can't like pull my attention away from it. So anyway, I've been like, okay, not permanently, but for now I don't smoke weed or do edibles. Like I'm just testing it out. Um, and today I realized I still had an edible left and I was like, Oh, I don't want to do, I don't want to smoke or do edibles anymore. I should get rid of this. So then I ate it. (laughs) (laughs) So then I fully ingested it, like chewed it, swallowed it. It traveled all the way down into my stomach before I realized what I had done. <laughs> and then I was super high and hyper fixated all day today, but it's fine because it's how I did the research for the mistake we're doing today. So it's fine. I love that. Um, and now there's no more edibles in my apartment or in my room. I don't know about my roommate, but um, so, you know, mission accomplished, but like, you know, like George Bush mission accomplished, <laughs> like kind, like not quite mission accomplished, you know? Um, so that was my mistake. My keepsake, definitely this weekend trip. But um, if that's also your keepsake, I'm just going to, um, we'll end up talking about it when you say it. So my keepsake is today. Well, last night I made a thread of, um, comparing the vampire diaries and true blood. And I'm very proud of it. I've, I did it in like a funny way on Twitter. And today the creator of the vampire diaries retweeted it. Oh, <laughs> and she said, I enjoyed uh-oh. this. Oh, that's who that, that's who that was. Yeah. Oh, okay. Co-creator. Congrats. I should say. Yeah. And you know, I mean, who really cares? But um, I was like, hey, I've watched like a million interviews of yours and I'm a huge fan of this beautiful, terrible show you made. So she should reboot the show and staff you. I mean, she doesn't need to reboot it. She's uh, the co-creator of the two spinoff shows. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, But they're both uh, on the CW or or whatever. So I'm never going to get staffed on it. They hate sex workers there. But I hopefully Julie, hopefully Julie doesn't feel that way. (laughs) Um, I mean, maybe they'd hire me as a writer. I don't know if they care about that, but I'm certainly never going to be on screen anyway. And then my hot take is that, um, you know, free Britney. (laughs) We watched that Britney documentary. We did. It's all stuff that I think we all were pretty aware of. Um, those of us that watched it, but I'm really excited about like the larger dialogue that's starting to happen around it. And it's not just like her paranoid and obsessed fans, but like now, like, you know, all eyes are on that situation now. Yeah. All the same people that contributed to her getting into this mess in the first place, like the mass media, um, I think are now kind of turning, um, their attention back onto her for good uh, by putting, you know, her um, 
conservatorship in the hot seat rather than her, you know? Yeah. Because for a long time she was she was public enemy number one. And now her dad is. And I think that's good. Her dad and Justin Timberlake. And Justin Timberlake, which we will be talking, talking about, about today. Um, so, yeah. Free Britney. Watch um, the New York Times's piece on her on Hulu. Um, and like, I don't know, it's not that hot of a take, but just wanted to kind of take a second because I love her so much to kind of give space to that, um, conversation on our podcast, but look into the free, the free Britney movement. Um, she's literally being like held hostage right now and it's fucked up. So yeah. Yep. How about you? Let's see. My keepsake is obviously, um, our trip that we just got back from yesterday so fun um it was so much fun um my fuck up uh is definitely getting as drunk as i did (laughs) um because i was so hungover uh and not like the stomach pukey kind which i would rather have because you can just get it over with yeah well i never throw up actually when i'm hungover but at least the stomach one you can like smoke some weed and like eat some food and then you're good to go. At least that's what it was like in high school. Um, not so much anymore at my late age of 26. <laughs> now that you are um, on social security. Uh, on social security. Um, yeah, that was my fuck up. I cannot believe how hungover I was. That was truly terrible. I had double vision when I woke up because oh, my God. head hurt so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then you were like down for the count. <laughs> For the rest of the day, pretty much. It sucked. I was. But hey, it was okay. I was present when you guys came back. Yeah. We had fun. So. The, the, the other three of us um, left Nika to watch some housewives and nurse her hangover. <laughs> and we went sledding in on this like enormous hill in like the woods behind the farm we were staying on and um did shrooms so we and we almost got lost it's kind of impossible to get lost because we could see the farm the whole time but we got lost in terms of like how to get our like how to maneuver through the woods to get back to the farm Mm. um and so at a certain point, we're like, only Nika knows we're out here. <laughs> and what if she's like too hungover to come save us? <laughs> we're like, all three of us did shrooms and then got lost in the woods. What, what do we do? <laughs> and your hot take? Uh, <clears throat> my hot take. Um, I guess my hot take. I don't want to do a Britney one. Um, cause we're going to be discussing that. So I guess my other hot take, um, would just be, it's not even a hot take, but I'm just like very excited, um, to see what these like mystery pieces are that are about to drop about army hammer. Yeah. Cause that's like, you know, everyone's rumbling that something is coming out for us um, to eat our words when we low key defended army hammer a few episodes, <laughs> episodes whatever. ago. Um, no, yeah. we didn't defend him. We defended that saying you want to eat someone isn't the end of the world. <laughs> yeah. Which I still stand by, yeah, but I'm too. curious to see cause his agent and his, his agent manager and PR firm all dropped him. Uh-oh. So yeah, something is a some, ruin. There's like a body hidden somewhere. Yeah. So I'm just. I'm I wonder excited if it's going to gonna come out before this episode comes out. God damn it! It better not. I doubt it. Okay. No, I feel like when when they were like rumbling about the Me Too piece, it took like months before. It oh was yeah, actually. you're right. You're right. Okay. So I bet by like spring it'll be out. 
It'll be sooner than that, though, I bet, because it's only one person. True. Yeah, but maybe there are hundreds of victims out there. Oh, my God. Army Hammer, what did you do? <laughs> Army. <laughs> Army if you hate Army Hammer, go watch Hotel Mumbai. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's in that. He's in it and he dies. I forgot about that. No spoilers, but that's kind of the reason you should go watch it if you hate him, because you get shot right in the head. <laughs> It's kind of gorgeous. Very cathartic. Very cathartic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just fucking, I'll never forgive ARMY uh, for making Call Me By Your Name hard to watch now. Yeah, I mean, it's still not hard to watch for me because I'm not a fucking pussy. But I'm not a pussy. I'm just like, come on, I want to feel tender the entire time and not like, That's Ugh. the word you just chose to use? Yeah, it's a tender movie. Yeah, you know what else is tender? Human flesh eating it. (laughs) Human flesh cooked just right. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I agree. I can't wait. I can't wait to um, finally get on board with canceling Army Hammer. Fuck up of the week has to be. The woman that gorilla glued her hair down. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Did you have a different one in mind? No, not, not that I could really think of. So yeah, I guess that is the one. I mean, there's not much to say about it. Um, If you haven't heard about it yet, (laughs) this woman posted a couple TikToks. Um, She's also a teacher, mind you. This this woman is the shaper of young minds um, and also the shaper of her own hair, which normally (laughs) normally she seals that shape in with hairspray. And in these TikToks, she describes to the world, because it went crazy viral, um, that when she ran out of hairspray, she instead used Gorilla Glue. And her hair has not moved in a month. (laughs) It is like vacuum sealed against her scalp. And apparently... I think she's getting surgery now. That was the, the latest update. I think. Yeah, yeah, because apparently Gorilla Glue is water activated. So every time she tried to wash it out, she only made it stronger. Oh, my God. And um, and her hair follicles have been like whatever, like suffocated because of this. So there's been no hair growth to push it up. Ugh. So it's just like <laughs> her like slicked back ponytail for a month. Plus that she might have to get surgically removed. (laughs) Lord, (laughs) which is sad, but funny. Yeah, it's a it's a funny mistake that hopefully doesn't can't imagine it'll kill her. Right. This is it's I don't know. She called into the H3 podcast yesterday, so I feel like she's fine if she's calling into podcasts. I think her name is Tessica. So come on the pod. Call in. We'll have call in Tessica. We'd love to talk to you about your um, iconic mistake. (laughs) (laughs) We think you'd be an iconic guest. Um, So, yeah, today we are uh, doing something for the very first time. We're recording an episode all the way through. So we can't really tell you what to expect in today's mistakes or anything because... We're literally, we also don't know what to expect. It's, it's, <laughs> it's happening to us in real time. Um, but I can tell you, we will be talking about Nipplegate, um, Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake's performance at uh, the 2004 Super Bowl. So 
Let's get into it. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Listener mistakes. Um, this one, <laughs> this one comes from a dear friend of mine that I don't think the content she wants me to say her name. But I, I love you dearly. You know who you are. <laughs> Thank you for sharing this mistake with us. Um, so she says, one time when my ex and I first got together, we were cooking dinner. Specifically, he was chopping jalapenos and we got distracted. He put his hand in my pussy and I was oh like, hey, did, did you wash your hands? And he was like, no, I was <laughs> he was like no and i was in so much pain the worst pain i made him leave and i sat in a cold bath and cried all night i guess the cold bath was my was my actual mistake because it just spread the heat all over my bottom but you still get it oh my god <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> oh. i have to say i have done this to myself, so... I have never done it to my vagina. I've done it to my cheek. Have I you, touched my cheek. Have you done it to your eyeball before? No, I've just done it, it just my cheek, and then, like, the whole... It, like, spread to the whole side of my face, because I, too, used water before I realized you're supposed to use milk. Yeah. Um, I chop jalapenos all the time, because they're, like, one of my favorite things to cook with, and... The number of times, that I, the number of parts of my body that I've touched after cutting jalapenos and forgetting to wash my hands. Um, pussy is among them. Eyeball almost like four times probably because oh I have contacts. God. So I would like take out my contact at the end of the night. And it's not like I didn't wash my hands in that whole time. But jalapeno doesn't go away unless you like really put some time and energy into it. So yeah. just like, Oh, you know, a normal, like post cooking, washing your hands isn't going to do much. Um, so yeah, my eyeballs are very familiar with the, the feeling of jalapeno, but I will say I've never, um, never felt it inside. She did say that he put his hand in her pussy and I've only ever accidentally like touched a lip or something oh with God. jalapeno. Yeah. That's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. Sorry to hear that. I'm glad he's your ex. <laughs> um, he deserves it. Um, do you want to take us on a deep dive? Yeah, sure. Deep dive. Deep dive. So let me set the stage. This was before I lived in New York. This was 2017. Um, I came... To, I hadn't been in New York since I had dropped out of college in May of 2016. So it was almost like a full year um, of that I'd like not been here. So I came back to hang out with some friends and I got very, 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 very drunk and high at a friend's party in Crown Heights. And I was staying at another friend's apartment that weekend in Cobble Hill. And um, he 
had like left the party early, but told me I could stay and gave me his keys. And it was like, you're fine. Like, get yourself back. I don't care when you come home. And I was like, all right, cool. Got so drunk and so fucked up that really all I remember is leaving leaving the apartment with a friend, us getting into the su- us like walking into the closest subway station, me falling down the stairs, laughing, saying I was fine, getting onto the train, <laughs> him leaving me to go back to his apartment, and then me trying to get myself back to Cobble Hill, only knowing the address and having a dead phone. Um, Wait, from where? From Crown Heights. Okay. Which I think is like two trains. I think it's like the, it's like two trains. It's like the four to the Q or something. Right. It's not that crazy, um, but still. And I... With a dead phone and not living in the city anymore, though. That's, yeah. That's tough. It was tough. Um, so next thing I remember is that I am outside and it's freezing out because it's like still winter. Um, and I'm outside. It's dark. And I am looking. I, I think I'm like trying to find a taxi, but it's Brooklyn. So there are no Taxis and generally in Brooklyn, especially Mm -hmm. at this time of night. Luckily, though, a taxi does drive by. That's crazy. So crazy. (laughs) Like if this was an episode of something, people would be like, that's so unrealistic. Literally, like truly. (laughs) There's no taxis in Brooklyn. No taxis in Brooklyn. (laughs) But a taxi drives by, sees me, I guess. I don't really know what the interaction is. I just remember that I come to and I'm sitting in the passenger seat of his taxi and he's this older black man, probably like in his sixties and I don't have any cash on me and I don't think that there's any money in my checking account. So I get a free taxi ride. He lets like, he gives me a free taxi ride, drops me off in front of my friend's apartment. Wait, and he knew he was giving you a free ride. I don't know or remember. Oh, oh, oh. So you're like, in retrospect, it was a free ride. It was a free ride. Yeah. It was like very like Hallmark, like (laughs) he was like actually an angel. (laughs) He was actually like a dead taxi driver. And like this was his route in the 1930s. You like Like, see his face through the rearview mirror and he's like your great grandfather. (laughs) It was like very that Um, because he let me out of the taxi in front of my friend's apartment. I got out. I said, thank you. I smiled at him. He said, have a great night. Um, and then all I, and then all I remember is him pulling away and me immediately pissing my pants and (laughs) going, what the fuck? And then walking into my friend Rocco's apartment where I'm staying, I get downstairs. I like pull off my wet pants. I throw them off of me. And as I'm going to fall asleep, I go, what the fuck? Who peed in your fucking pants, Nika? Um, and then woke up and it was a new day. And I got on the mega bus and went back to Providence. Um, in, in the same pants? No, not in the same pants. <laughs> not in my size 27 boys Wrangler jeans that I was wearing that year because that's how skinny I was. Um, so, yeah, it was just obviously, you know, the mistake is I got that drunk. Um, this was at a point in my life when I was doing that all the time. Um, so, yeah, that's my. All the time? That's my story about the. um angel taxi driver who I don't think was actually real. 
Yeah, that sounds like those Japanese taxi drivers that would give ghosts rides for free. Like he probably thought you were a ghost. (laughs) And he was like, who am I to deny a ghost a ride from Crown Heights to Cobble Hill? I realize right now in this moment that I'm actually a ghost. (laughs) Yeah, we all do. (laughs) The sixth sense moment of clarity happens and we all like, there's like flashing scenes where you weren't there actually. (laughs) Sorry to ruin the sixth sense for anyone who hasn't seen it, but. That's why I wasn't there uh, when you guys went sledding. Yeah, yeah, that's why. (laughs) Where was Nika? (laughs) There hasn't been a Nika here for 40 years. Um, damn. Well, I mean, wait, so what part of that was the mistake? The, the mistake was that I allowed myself to get so drunk with yeah. a dead phone and no money in my checking account. And yeah. It's like, you I'm just, just going to really dog lucky, it through the streets of New York. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, right, right. I guess so. The story you're telling me is the luck with which you navigated that mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Gotcha. I was like, because it doesn't sound like that taxi ride was a mistake. That was a godsend, yeah, quite no, literally. Just just everything else about it. Yeah. I'm also wondering if I'd already peed my pants and if that's why he picked me up. Maybe he saw this like little fucking girl who had like pissed her pants on the sidewalk and oh, was and like, she gave you a ride and didn't take advantage of you. Yeah. That's unheard of. Right. I know. <sighs> Well, the bare minimum. (laughs) I just got emotional about a man not assaulting you um, when they shouldn't be doing that anyway. But instead, I'm touched and I'm like, he should run for president. (laughs) It's more than the last two major candidates for president can say. It's true. Um, Anyway, let's get into our best mistake. Let's get into it. Best mistake. That relates to our best mistake in almost no way, Um, because your mistake is um, you actually kind of fucked up and then uh, received no consequences. And the mistake this week is Janet didn't really make any mistakes and her entire career was ruined over it. So um, I'm going to say you're Justin Timberlake in your story. All right. <laughs> That's how it relates. I'm down for that. <laughs> Justin Timberlake uh, essentially pissed his pants and was given a free ride home. <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Janet Jackson was the pants in which he pissed. <laughs> that is how it relates. So um, there's been a lot of talk about Justin Timberlake being... Um, just like the instigator for a lot of uh, pain in the early 2000s because of the Britney documentary that just came out and him being kind of one of the villains villains of that documentary um, because of how he handled his and Britney's breakup. And because of that conversation happening right around the same time that this year's Super Bowl happened, um, I feel like those two things kind of made everybody be like, why else do we hate Justin Timberlake? Mm. Ah, yes. The time um, he absolutely fucked over Janet Jackson <laughs> at the 2004 Super Bowl. So um, I feel like it's been on everyone's minds a lot more. Absolutely. Um, so I was I, I decided, you know, in 2004, not to brag, I was eight years old <laughs> and I do remember this happening. But I don't come from a football family, so I literally never... The first time I ever saw 
any amount of the Super Bowl live, I was over 18 already. So my whole life, my relationship with the Super Bowl has been like getting the highlights from everyone the next day about mm-hmm. the halftime show or the commercials. Never the the game. I've never cared about Ew. that. Ew. <laughs> Ew, don't even say that. <laughs> Ew, if you watch football because of the game, you have to tell Ew, me. You have to tell me if you watch football because of the game. <laughs> That's so gross. <laughs> um, so... Yeah, so I um, I do remember it happening. I did not see it live. And YouTube didn't exist in 2004 yet. Um, and in fact, YouTube was invented because of this nip slip. Few people know about mm. that. But the guy who invented YouTube was so frustrated that he couldn't find the video the next day. And he was a, a programmer at PayPal at the time. And so he and his friends were like, wouldn't it be cool if there's like a video sharing platform? And, and it was literally because they wanted to see Janet Jackson's nipple that they invented YouTube. Oh my God. <laughs> Make a movie about that. Fuck the social network. I know, seriously. Um, but obviously it takes a long time to develop a website. So it didn't come out until like a year later, but um, so there great idea for YouTube. Um, it actually didn't help those of us who did want to see this incident at the time because, um, it, YouTube came out far after we were not really talking about it anymore. But for that reason, because YouTube didn't exist and because I come from a family that didn't think that story was a big deal at all. I don't like my whole family was like, what happened? Oh, like her boob was showing for a second at the end Okay, so I didn't like I, I I just had no idea how big of a deal it was. I was also eight years old. So it's not like I was like part of any kind of like cultural discourse about it. I just remember it happening. And, you know, at the around that same time is when like photos of Britney Spears's pussy when like she gets out of a cab and like paparazzi are like, oh, yeah. you know, like I just kind of and like, um, I don't know. It was around the time when. More and more actresses were doing like topless scenes in movies. I just remember at the time, even though I was only eight and like I didn't actually really see any of that stuff, I heard obviously people talk about those kinds of things. And I just remember being like, oh, it's just like another one of those situations. And then I just moved on. I never really thought about it again, except sometimes people be like, remember Janet Jackson's nipple? And I'd be like, yeah, remember freaking like Anne Hathaway's nipple? Mm -hmm. Like to me, I was like, what is this conversation? So when this year, when everyone started talking about it again, and now that I am a fully grown human with like more context around pop culture and stuff, I was like, oh, yeah, what was the deal with that nip slip? And I realized that I'm probably not the only person that doesn't really like know the like exactly what happened because 2004 is a long time ago now. And um, not all of us were like pop culture junkies or like watched football or like I just feel like so I was like, I'm going to do myself the service of looking into this. But then I'm also going to make this um, today's. A mistake because I feel like I'm not the only person that outside of the fact that her nipple showed um, didn't really know anything about this. So it's the 2004 Super Bowl, February 1st, 2004, Patriots versus Panthers, whatever that means. <laughs> um, it's, it takes place in Houston, Texas. 
And Janet Jackson is the Super Bowl halftime guest. Um, the Super Bowl was airing on CBS. The halftime show was produced by MTV. Those are both Viacom companies. So they were like working together under the Viacom umbrella. Um, and the producer of the halftime show um, was the first woman to ever be the producer Ooh. of the Super Bowl Robots. halftime show. Yes. So Janet Jackson, um, she does like, I think, three or maybe four songs. And the last song of her set is Justin Timberlake's Rock Your Body. And then Justin Timberlake joins her for that song um, for the grand finale. I will just a quick, just a quick aside. The little in between. She had these like little in between like moments between her songs, these little like shticks she did between each song. And I guess like the theme of the night had something to do with like choices or something. And so there was like this big sign that said no. (laughs) And Janet Jackson kept like referencing that sign and like things we should say no to. And one of the things at the very last like clip that she does, she does her little no bit. She goes ignorance. And the audience says no. And then she (laughs) says bigotry. And the audience says no. And she says illiteracy. And the audience says no. And I'm like, Sure. I don't know if I would have ended on illiteracy. <laughs> and it's like I, a Parks and Rec episode. Yeah. Also, like bigotry and ignorance are things that are kind of like the onus is on you as the individual to <laughs> fix. Illiteracy is like a cultural problem. Like that society has failed you. That's not like you as a person have, has fucked up. I just feel like it's like a weird. <laughs> not to put Janet Poor in the people. No, no, exactly. It was like, I was like, that's a, I mean, I agree. We should like end illiteracy and I understand what she meant, but I thought it was like funny following, um, uh, ignorance and bigotry. (laughs) Um, also kind of like ignorance, bigotry and illiteracy kind of, if you squish it all together, it does kind of seem like she's, um, as a like, you know, rich celebrity (laughs) kind of saying something about like, the like poor people. (laughs) Um, Anyway, it was just a weird moment, but Hey, she's the victim of this story. And back to the point, I just had to, I was like, I feel like some of the things that people could have said about this performance got like fell by the wayside because of the ending. Mm -hmm. I'm going to bring that up. I'm going to bring up the illiteracy thing anyway. So she's joined by Justin. First thing to note is their outfit difference. Janet is in like a leather bustier with like this kind of like tunic skirt with these like um, almost like armor looking like leather flaps. Like it's just like a very much like a theatrical pop star outfit. And Justin is in like saggy khakis (laughs) and he looks like a Coles Jr. ad. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like, sir, you are at the Super Bowl halftime show. Put on your denim tux. We know you have it. (laughs) Put some thought into this performance. Okay. So already he's like only she did four songs. He's only doing one. She's wearing like she had like two outfit changes. and Her final outfit is like this like phenomenal like leather get up. And he looks like he like 
ran late from detention (laughs) to get to this performance. And it's just like already this person shouldn't be here, you know, um, but Rock Your Body is a fun song. Whatever. It's a crowd pleaser. People are having fun. Um, and they're, you know, Janet's doing choreography. Justin's kind of like also doing a little bit of choreography, but you can tell he's kind of trying to distance. This is in his justified period. So you can tell he's trying to uh, distance himself from sync. So he's like not doing like choreography. He's doing like, I'm a, like, <laughs> I'm an R&B singer. That's just kind of like, you know, those like little like body yeah. roles that they would do in that era. Yeah, 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 He just did those body roles really. And that was it. And I, you know, he like kind of grinded on the back of Janet while she was doing cool choreography. He's so annoying. Very, very like Robin Thicke just standing there while Miley Cyrus mm. danced, except if Miley was doing like a cool dance. Yeah. That was the vibe. Whereas like Justin's just kind of like there. Um, anyway, so the very end, um, at the 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 song ends uh, with the words "gonna have you naked" by the end of this song, and right when they say when Justin sings those words, he rips um, the like bra, like the breastplate part of um, Janet's like corset getup thing um, off, and reveals her entire breast. <laughs> Nika's face. <laughs> Sorry, I'm making the face that like your uh, very conservative mom would make when you come out as gay. <laughs> like, oh no. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> so, uh, wow. He reveals her entire breast and a very like flashy, large piece of um, nipple piercing jewelry uh, that's on her breast. Um, and so, and then it cuts to black because it's the end of the song anyway. And it's very clear that nobody involved on the production level noticed that it happened at all Um, because nothing was weird. The only thing like Janet, even Justin, he ripped it off and wasn't looking. So he just kind of felt like nailed it. Nothing wrong. Like nothing happened. And Janet is the only one who like reacts like, Oh no, like, that was terrible. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> she like covers her breast. She's very embarrassed, but it, it cuts out to black. And um, according to people who were working that day for MTV or for CBS or for the NFL, everyone who had a like instant replay um, like screen in their little, you know, production booths Um all of them said they did not notice until someone told them like replay that. Is that, did that just go live? Like, oh. and so, so everyone was like, um, cause it was so brief. Everyone involved was like, great halftime show. It's over until people started calling being like, there was a boob. And then they like, so th- there was not even the ability to like cut it out before yeah. broadcast because nobody noticed. Um, and even Michael Jackson was interviewed about it that like the next year. And he said that he was at a party watching the show um, on this like enormous screen. And he said he didn't even notice that it happened. Oh, wow. And that somebody at the party was like, Oh no, like what, like your poor sister. And he was like, what are you talking about? And then, and he had been watching the performance. Oh wow. But so if you, if you like it, the whole performance is up on YouTube um, now, thanks. <laughs> thanks to YouTube existing. Thanks, guys. Um, and 
you can see that it happens so quickly right at the right at the end that it would be so easy to miss if you're not like looking out for the scandal of it, you know. Mm. But um, but it did happen and enough people noticed that it happened that it became a huge fucking deal. Um, in total, her nipple was on screen for nine sixteenths of a second. Wow. And so I'm of the opinion that that is that means it barely happened. And if you're going to get your little panties in a wad about seeing a nipple on live television, um, it's your fault for like pausing it <laughs> in order to catch it. You know what I mean? <laughs> I do. Yes. <laughs> like, so people got really upset over this thing that it, they've had to put effort into to even see. Um, and so apparently what happened was that the plan was for Justin to rip off the top leather part of her bra thing. Okay. And it would reveal a like red, more lacy bra underneath it. But when he ripped up the leather part, the red part stuck to it. So he just ripped off both layers. Oh, and so that okay. was the mistake. But there's a lot of controversy around whether it was planned, if it was planned, who knew it was going to happen. Um, if it wasn't planned, how did that kind of malfunction even happen? Like bras are very hard to rip in that way. So like there's it was just like a lot of speculation about if it was if Justin did it on purpose, if Janet did it on purpose, if like MTV did it on purpose, if whatever. Ever, there was a lot of conspiracy theories. Um, so I... I read this article by USA Today by John Peter um, from 2018 that like because Justin did the Super Bowl again in 2018. So that was another time when everyone was talking about this. Um, and he interviewed Janet's Taylor for that game, um, Marcelo Garzon. Um, and when asked about um, what he was asked to do for Janet's outfit that night, his response was that he signed a confidential confidentiality agreement before altering the garment and can't say anything about it. Interesting. Um, so that's a yes. I don't know actually if it is, it's, it's, it is interesting because I think also that you have confidentiality agreements. If, a um, if you do someone's like makeup sometimes. Yeah. But it is weird. That's all I'll say. I'm, I'm just trying to give, I, I, I'm personally of the opinion that um, it wasn't Janet's, if it was planned, Janet didn't know about it. That's yeah. my opinion. But I also don't think Justin knew about it. Um, if it was planned, it might have been a possible publicity stunt, like attempt by her team. Yeah. But I don't think by her. And even if it was the backlash, you know, is too it didn't work. I mean, yeah. it did work. It was the talk of the town, but it didn't do anything. It was one of the only examples of not all publicity is good publicity. It yeah. just like truly like ruined her career for a little while. But anyway, so that night, um, 100 million people were watching the Super Bowl. So it is presumed that 100 million people saw a boob for one sixteenth of a second or nine sixteenths of a second. Sorry. Um, so <sighs> I mean, there, I, there's a lot to be said about what's wrong with that. <laughs> when what you're watching is a contact sport that, um, of like people like severely <laughs> violently hurting each other. Um, and like a breast, 
is the problem um, because it's a family <laughs> show. Yeah. I'm like, okay, maybe your kids shouldn't be watching grown men give each other concussions either. But, um, <laughs> but <laughs> sure, the organ that is literally solely there to feed babies is the offensive part of this whole spectacle. You're right. Um, so apparently, um, according to Sally Frat- Frattini, um, who was the the woman, the first ever woman to produce the Super Bowl halftime show? Um, she, when she was working with Justin and, and Janet on the plan for the show, originally the plan was that Justin was going to like pull Janet's skirt down, the skirt that was like over pants and mm-hmm. stuff. Like it was like barely, it was like I said, like kind of like an armor type skirt where it's like flaps of leather. So she's fully wearing like pants under it. So the the plan was for him to like kind of pants her with the skirt. Um, and they said that that like, I guess Sally decided that that was like too suggestive of like undressing someone. Um, even though she would be still fully clothed if they did that. So she nixed that idea. And that was, as far as she knew, the last of that idea. Mm-hmm. And so she thinks that, um, I guess she heard, according to this interview that she did with USA Today, um, she like heard or is or she speculated that Janet's team met with Justin. Um, well, this did happen for sure. But they don't know what was said during this. But apparently there was a last minute like dressing room um, like meeting that happened with Janet's team and Justin's team. And it is thought that um, that is when they decided they were going to do the bra thing instead. Okay. And um, and then they just didn't tell the producer that. According to the producer, which I have to say, the producer has ulterior motives for not admitting if she knew anything ahead of time because of um, the possible fines that like MTV or CBS mm. could get. So I do think that there is a possible like just trying to deny any culpability like, oh, yeah, there was an idea. But then I said no. So anything that happened after that, they didn't tell me. Yeah. But at least according to her, um, that is when they planned to do the bra thing instead. And that is possibly why the like wardrobe in question wasn't like properly prepared for it because it was a very last minute, like change of plans. So it could be that that's like her tailor, you know, made the bra rippable minutes before the show. And so fucked it up and made both layers of it rippable rather than just the top layer. Um, that's like one theory that's not confirmed. Um, but that would also explain if they were, if they really were just like Justin and Janet were like, Hey, fuck that producer. Let's do a, have you naked by the end of this song? Like little joke at the end anyway, but instead of the skirt, let's make it the bra. Let's just have this tailor sign a confidentiality agreement. So he can't tell her that that was like, this was premeditated or whatever. Like that could explain the confidentiality agreement is if they were like, kind of like just being kind of sneaky about it. Um, So to me, that makes it possible that it wasn't like some kind of planned stunt that like they were going to definite, like that the plan was to show her whole boob. It's possible that the plan was to just do this little like rip off the top layer thing and um, not tell MTV about it. And then it just went horribly awry. And that's why MTV like flipped out thinking that it was like they were betrayed by her or whatever. 
that's just one possibility. I'm not saying that that's what I think happened, but I, that that to me is a little bit more plausible than I don't think anybody in 2004 would think it's good for Janet's career to show her tits. Yeah, no, it was so, so conservative in 2004. Yeah, so that's why I'm like, I don't think that the actual showing her tits was the, the stunt plan. I think the stunt was going to just be ripping off part of a bra. And then they were like, oops, the whole thing came off. Anyway, um, someone, I don't know how to pronounce um, their name, but uh, let's call them B. Daly. Because their first name I just can't. I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce. But um, owns a tattoo and body piercing shop that apparently they claim Janet's stylist, Wayne Scott Lucas, came into their tattoo and piercing shop um, to buy the nipple ring for that show. Mm. And while they were there, and also B. Daly was able to quote unquote prove it because they had an identical one. So that's why USA Today is like believes them but i'm like i don't know it is kind of like if you look it up it is kind of like a very distinct type of uh nipple ring but i don't know i feel like it's like plausible that other tattoo shops have that same nipple ring but anyway apparently according to this owner of the piercing shop um janet's stylist on his way out said watch the halftime show there's going to be a surprise at the end huh Interesting. So, yeah, I know. <laughs> so, certainly was a surprise at the end. Um, the next day, or at least within that same, within the week, um, the Federal Communications Commission received over 540,000 complaints. Oh my God. <laughs> For a fucking a nipple. Boob. Or yeah, a boob. <laughs> yeah, but the nipple. If if everything about that boob was covered, or no, if nothing of, the, of on her boob was covered except the nipple, everyone would have been like, "Ooh, scandalous!" But fine. Yeah. But like, and also, Michael Jackson said this in his interview about it that like he was. I mean, he said a version of this that you can barely even see. Like, if you actually look at it, you can't see anything, and it's true. Her nipple piercing is the star of the show. It's not her nipple. Yeah. Um, you can barely see anything. Oh God, it's so stupid. I also like, I hate to even like, you know, obviously that was really embarrassing for her. And she is a very like, um, very private and, um, like traditional kind of woman. Mm-hmm. And, so I even feel bad that I even like looked it up to see what her nipple looked like in that show because it, it there is it's kind of like the whole celebrity sex tape thing where it's it's like yeah but that's what we do here at Fresh Air <laughs> here at Fresh Air we have I'm to Michael Barbaro we have to Michael Barbaro doesn't I know he not work the for New York Times <laughs> this is the Daily um, yeah it was part of my investigative journalism you know how last episode we said we weren't investigative journalists and here's how you know it's just like if you don't want people to look up things about you don't Don't be famous famous. don't be famous sorry i i feel no but i just i just do for janet specifically i do really like respect her privacy and so i do want to clarify that the reason actually i will say (laughs) not a huge fan of how she defends her brother (laughs) Not, not, she's not completely, she's not getting off scot-free, let's, okay? Let's back it up, all right? Let's turn that car around. Yeah. Anya. Okay, sorry. Do you have I, some Michael Jackson fans in the room? Okay, you can be his fan as long as you're 
aware. I haven't watched that documentary yet. I'm still getting around to it. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Whatever. It's all alleged (laughs) and I'm not going to get into it, but I will say (laughs) whatever. Janet Jackson, Janet Jackson isn't, um, you know, just like all of us, she's not the victim in every scenario. So in one scenario, I think that she could have been a better advocate and ally for other victims than she was in the same way that Justin should have been a better advocate and ally for her in this situation. Anyway, all I want to say is the reason I have even seen her breast is because um, Anya, stop. You're literally looking it up right now on your phone. Makeup. Can you let me finish this goddamn fucking thought? <laughs> I looked it up because I wanted to see the nipple piercing, the the ring itself in question. And it's true. It is enormous and basically takes up her whole boob. So it's just like nuts to me that to me, I'm like, that could have just been part of the costume. Like, but and it seems like it maybe kind of was, according to that one account from the um, owner of that piercing shop. I digress. So 540,000 people were like real upset to see this boob. 540,000 virgins called it the FCC. Um, And the FCC levied a 550,000 fine against CBS. Oh, my God. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Weird that (laughs) they just like took the number of complaints and added 10,000. They just rounded up for the fine. It's apparently one of the, if not the largest fine the FCC has ever levied against any network before. Um, And it was overturned, overturned by the courts. um, Forget which court it is that decides this, but they ruled that the network was given insufficient notice of what constituted indecency. But in the meantime, so they, they find CBS in 2004 and they battled it out in the courts and it wasn't settled. They didn't officially get like let that fine was not officially forgiven by the courts or, you know, dismissed by the courts until um, I think 2011. Wow. So this is like an ongoing thing that CBS is like CBS lost legal money in that event. You know, like they were in court over this for years so it's the fact that they didn't actually have to pay that money in the end doesn't mean that it wasn't still an expensive endeavor and it wasn't like a huge headache and concern at the time so Viacom um Michael Powell uh, the the Michael Powell the FCC chairman at the time said um that it was a classless and crass and deplorable stunt and Viacom um, as a means, because Viacom own, owns CBS and MTV, as I said before, as a means to kind of like appease the FCC and try to not get this fine, um, like back before they knew that the fine, they wouldn't end up having to pay it. They just blacklisted Janet from everything. And Viacom owns everything. Viacom owns, like I said, CBS, MTV, they own VH1, they own uh, like Comedy Central, I think they yeah. like they own everything. They're like the family in Succession, <laughs> kind of, essentially. yeah. And they they own um like a shitload of radio stations under the Viacom umbrella. Um, so when they blacklisted Janet, that was basically like if you're a musician and Viacom isn't going to play your stuff, or if you're like a pop artist, um, you're fucked. Basically, Jesus. Um, and then non-Viacom entities immediately followed suit. 
So now nobody's playing Janet's music because of this. Um, another Viacom event that was about to air on CBS mere days later was the Grammys, which both Janet and Justin were initially invited to be a part of, not just invited to be at, but be part of. Janet's invitation was rescinded because she's blacklisted from CBS now. Justin's was not. Justin goes to the Grammys and he wins two Grammys that evening. I fucking hate him. I hate Justin Timberlake. (laughs) He wins two Grammys that evening. One for the entire Justified (sighs) album. I think like something like pop album of the year or something. And then another for the song Cry Me a River, which let's take a quick pause from this story and dive into the story of Cry Me a River real quick. Cry Me a River is the song that Justin wrote about Britney Spears allegedly cheating on him. And in the video for Cry Me a River, he has a like uncanny Britney Spears lookalike in the video to very much make it clear he's talking about Britney Spears and that song and its success made Britney a like villain in public eye. I will say this, the song does slap, (laughs) but it's like fucked up that um, like the song could have been good and he could have been like every other pop artist that comes out with a breakup song and been like, uh, like it isn't necessarily about anyone, you know, but um. No, he was like, it's definitely about Britney. She's a whore and she cheated on me. And that was kind of the beginning of the end of Britney's reputation, as is outlined in that documentary. So it's very ironic to me that in the midst of him kind of contributing to um, Britney Spears's demise, he is like actively dancing on the grave of Janet's demise while being the reason it even happened. Yep. Um, for both of them. And um, he used his one of his acceptance speeches that night to address the Super Bowl, Super Bowl fiasco. But in his speech, he's smirking the whole time. And he says something basically along the lines of, well, no, word for word, he says, sorry if you were offended, which is famously the worst set of words you can put in an apology no matter what happened. But also, what a great opportunity for him to like, apologize that it was like this terrible mistake and unplanned incident while also sticking up for Janet and taking accountability for his participation in it. And also, I mean, I know it was 2004, so I can't ask too much of him, but 2004 (laughs) was like every pop artist was singing about sex and being hypersexual and profiting off of the sexualization of themselves and of the people that they're collaborating with. And I feel like it would have been dope for what he didn't necessarily have to drop the mic about it or anything, but to just kind of point out that it's a boob and like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. <laughs> like we have all, you know, presumably not literally all of us, but like a large percentage of us, we're fed from a boob as an infant. And like, so if it's good enough for an infant to see and eat out of, it's not going to ruin your child's life to see one on television is all I have to say about that. But and I feel like coming from a man that would have been better received too. And it would have been a great opportunity for him to say something like that. And he's also the kind of person who does say stuff like that. Like he's like a very outspoken kind of person and is not that afraid of controversy 
And I don't know. I just, it's, well, he's not publicly that afraid of controversy, but according to this article, he did cry to the CBS CEO um, to not get blacklisted. And apparently that um, CBS CEO who was later me too'd um, and like kind of a proven misogynist, apparently his vendetta against Janet was because Justin cried and she didn't during her apology. Oh my God. And he was like offended by that. I know. <laughs> so what? Justin did cry on punked, but um, I also just listened to an interview with him about that. And apparently it was because he was really fucking high and he was terrified of all of this happening. Like, cause whatever, I'm not going to get too far into Justin's punked episode, but it is very funny to know that he was super fucking high when that happened. Cause it's like, I don't know. Think of any like traumatic thing happening while you're like, <laughs> like your head is in the fucking clouds. I'm kind of sympathetic to that, but not to him in general. Um, so, yeah, um, in 2006, Jan- Janet Jackson goes on Oprah and um, it's the first and last time she's ever spoken about the Super Bowl incident. And this interview is available on YouTube. I really recommend everybody go watch it to see how much pain Janet is in over this and what a class fucking act she is about not throwing Justin under the bus because she finds so many creative ways to say he's a piece of shit without actually (laughs) saying it. And you can see how fucking mad she is about how everything just like worked out for him and how obviously it completely backfired on her. Um, And so... Yeah. During that Oprah interview, she basically she says something like friendship is really important to me. And what like Justin did, I would never do to a friend is what she said. Um, And then at one point, Oprah said, do you feel like he left you hanging? And then Janet laughed because Mm. of her boob hanging out. (laughs) So it was kind of nice to see her laugh about it because you can tell it was a really painful incident for her. Um, In 2014, um, Powell, the FCC chairman, admitted that maybe we were a little unfair on Janet. Ten years later is when someone in power finally acknowledges that it was a little overboard what they all did to her. Um, And Justin went on to do another Super Bowl halftime show in 2018. (laughs) Well, his time is about to be up. I don't know if it actually is, though. I hope it is. I hope he loses everything that he has, truly, in terms of his career. I hope he is just um, yeah thrown away. Like The movie that he's in that's about to come out seems like real Oscar bait to me, and I would not put it past our culture's terrible taste. Have you seen the, the previews for this movie? No. Because it unfortunately looks so good. I try very hard <laughs> to avoid anything he's in. It looks like it's going to be a really good movie, which um, is unfortunate for sure. But I do feel like he's it's going to be like another Jared Leto situation where everyone knows that he's like shitty, but he just keeps getting accolades because um, I don't know. He keeps making like certain choices that people are like, oh, but like, I guess, separate the artist and the art or whatever, you know. Anyway, um, so that is the full story. I obviously think that the mistake uh, is that 
they did any kind of choreography involving removing clothes to the words going to have you naked by the end of this song. Because I think even if a boob wasn't exposed, that would have kind that was like the people who like got mad about it would have been mad about that anyway. So in my opinion, it was just kind of a bad idea. Agreed. But um, the mistake more than anything is just how everybody reacted overall. More, more than the actual incident. Um, Just the way that Janet was treated and then the way that Justin was not treated. Um, And I just, I wonder how that would have gone down in a post me too era. Cause if you watch that video, he's the one who fucking rips her bra off and reveals her boobs. And I feel like if that happened now, he would, uh, it would be Janet having to defend him. Yeah, absolutely. Moral of the story. I guess the moral of the story is Justin Timberlake is horrible a public enemy number one public enemy number one uh the culture has shifted but not dramatically enough yeah um and being alive during the bush years was uh, a really crazy weird i just can't believe time. like what year was it that rihanna wore a like see-through dress on that red carpet that was during the obama years because it's just like i mean i wasn't trying to say that that was during the bush era no no i am uh- <laughs> that was like 20. 20- 13. Yeah. I just can't believe like basically a decade later, another like a pop star of at that point, a similar status that Janet was when the Super Bowl happened. Yeah. Could just not just show her tits, but her pussy on the red carpet. And it's like icon. Yeah. And like, oh, it's just it's a shame the way that we've um treated sex and sexuality to the point of that, like our own bodies are taboo in this culture. It's so fucking weird. And that boobs are considered like inherently sexual and inappropriate is so bizarre to me. Yeah. It's also, it's weird that there was, um, I mean, it's two totally different situations, but this just makes me think of little Kim's, uh, outfit on the red carpet in like the late nineties yeah. when her tit is out and she has a star on it or yeah. something. Yeah. And like that was considered like an iconic look. It's just like, it's interesting. Well, like, because her, because the nipple was covered. Yeah, it was covered. And also, I just think like it's obviously that versus something like the Super Bowl halftime performance are yeah. very different in terms of how many numbers it's bringing in. And the Super Bowl is considered like a family experience. Yeah. Where it's not. It's like the most disgusting display of violence and capitalism. <laughs> yeah. That is it's wrong so with this weird. country. It's so weird. It's like I was trying to consume capitalist prop- propaganda through the form of funny commercials with my kids. <laughs> and watch these young men get all signed. <laughs> like, watch okay. these like dog fighters and uh, wife beaters <laughs> <laughs> make the most money, make more money in one night than my entire family is ever going to make. That's what I, it's family fun. (laughs) (laughs) I just remember like, I mean, like I said, I don't come from from a football family at all. And I remember one of the reasons my parents had for why we don't watch the Super Bowl when I finally like, you know, learned what the Super Bowl was and that my friends watch it. I was like, why don't we watch the Super Bowl? And my mom was like, 
<laughs> my mom was like, I heard that the thing people like about it is the commercials. <laughs> yep. So we're not going to watch the thing that the commercials are the best part. And I was like, okay, fair enough. <laughs> She's like, I don't need to you, you to get brainwashed uh, to want Cocoa Puffs. Um, more than you already are by watching Nickelodeon. So we're all set on that. Um, and I, I don't want to discount. I think there's also a little bit of a, a racial component into um, how Janet was villainized for this because, you know, black women's bodies are very much often treated like even more sexual and more, more vulgar than white women's bodies. Yeah. And so I think um, not, I can't really think of a lot of equivalents right off the top of my head for that exact time period, but it was not much later on that Paris Hilton and Kim Kardashian built entire careers yes. off of literal Sex pornography, yeah. which I have no problem with personally, but I'm just like, if you're like, if we're going to compare the two and which one's quote unquote worse, um, I think nine sixteenths of a second of a little bit of nipple during a like meticulously choreographed, enormous display of like, <laughs> musical and visual talent um, versus like an intimate sex tape that like propels a white woman's reality television career. It's like uh, pretty blatantly obvious who's being um, not treated fairly. You know, yeah, I mean, if she weren't a black woman, she would have been offered a redemption arc and interviews yep. and et cetera. Even if the culture didn't, switch back and want to like forgive forgive her even though she didn't need to be forgiven but still like if she were in black yeah she it would have been a completely different experience in my opinion yeah and it's it's the fact that she was a woman is obviously a huge aspect of it and i do think it's very interesting that this is post michael jackson scandals happened like first coming to yeah. light yeah 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 um and michael jackson's career never suffered from the allegation that he was a literal child molester. Yeah. And his sister's career was basically ended by a wardrobe malfunction. I just like, it is the number of ways that Janet Jackson got the fucking short end of the stick in public, uh, in, in, you know, in the court of public opinion, but also in the court of fucking Viacom and FCC commissioner opinion. Yeah. Like it's uh, whatever. It makes me. Janet, come on the mad. pod and tell your story. We want to hear from you, Janet, <laughs> even though you very explicitly told Oprah that you never want to talk about this again. We think Mika and Anya might be the sweet deal you've been waiting Janet for. Janet Jackson, let us help your career out. You know? I know. Well, I thought, you know, I mean, maybe it's because of her being blacklisted, but People were really hoping that Justin was going to give her a cameo on his Super Bowl halftime show in okay. 2018. And then that never happened. According to both of them, according to both Janet and Justin, they are friends again. And like they privately have made up over this. That's nice. I wonder if he's privately made up with Britney Spears for ruining her career or if that's ever going to happen. Justin Timberlake, <sighs> you fucking misogynistic little asshole yeah. on your podcast. Ugh, does, I hate him. Does he have a podcast? No, he went on that podcast in the Britney doc. Oh, yeah. Or oh, the yeah. Interview, whatever. Where they were like, tell us, did you fuck her? And he's like, oh, oh, oh yeah, I did. Yeah. God. Dude. Ugh. I hate him. Yeah. 
God damn it, Justin. It's like everyone's mad at Army Hammer. Can we switch over to another <laughs> person? Can we take down, what's his name? Justin Timberlake? Yeah, Justin Timberlake might not eat literal human flesh, but he eats up women's careers. <laughs> he feeds Seriously. He feeds off of like destroying iconic women women's careers. That's... Yep. If he were like a Powerpuff Girl villain, that's like where he gets all of his energy, you know, like all of his like, like that's uh, he like. Yeah, <laughs> he like feeds off of the suffering. What does he, do? of, he, he feeds off. He of, feeds, he off, feeds of off of it. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Well, maybe Janet and Brittany can team up once her conservatorship is over and they can. Um, I don't know. Do something to Justin. Britney's like, sorry, um, I want my stuff to be played on Viacom's <laughs> uh, umbrella, corporate umbrella. So um, I can't actually team up with you, but good luck. <laughs> hey Brit- guys, today I have a great story Brit- for you. Britney's going to be like released from, because Britney has been under conservatorship since 2007, which is like, that's when uh, celebrities like, representing themselves on the internet started. So Britney's actually never really had an opportunity to like say something offensive or like be canceled online. Um, And, you know, I'm sure she is, she wouldn't, she's great, but it is very funny when everyone's like our unproblematic queen. I'm like (laughs) more like this queen that's just being like held hostage. I'm just waiting. She literally can't speak. Yeah. Like (laughs) as soon as she is let out from this um, conservatorship, watch her just like, (laughs) get immediately canceled (laughs) just immediately say some weird QAnon shit and everyone's like wait what (laughs) just kidding Britney's um, a socialist queen Um, because she just handed out hundred dollar bills as soon as she got rich I love that I love her anyway what's the moral of the story Eat Justin Timberlake alive. That's what Army Hammer can do to redeem himself. Eat Justin Timberlake. (laughs) Army Hammer, we've got a job for you. (laughs) We've got a job, and there's only come on down to Best Mistakes. We have a job for you. (laughs) (laughs) Mic drop. (laughs) Literally drop the mic. Um, We got a job, and there's only one man for it. The moral of the story is that you just can't be a woman. Yeah, (laughs) that's like in any context ever. You can't be a woman and be free. Um, and it's like the more success you attain in life, the worse it gets as a woman. Yeah. The more scrutiny, scrutiny you're under for every single aspect of your life and career and any mistake you make. It's insane. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Free Britney, free Janet, Janet and, um, destroy Justin Timberlake an army hammer <laughs> eat Justin Timberlake eat Justin Timberlake um yeah Jessica Alba or is that his wife Jessica Biel Jessica Biel whatever um, <laughs> Jessica Alba Je- like hears that <laughs> and calls into the show to be like I need to be absolutely certain that you didn't you are not putting out into the world she sues us for defamation <laughs> I am not married to Justin Timberlake um uh, Jessica Beale, what are you doing, girl? Come out. And, <laughs> you know, don't dump his ass. Yeah. Dump his ass. Uh, what's his sign? Aquarius. 
Oh, of course he's a piece of shit. He's a fucking Aquarius. Slimy Aquarius man. That's why I transitioned because I was. You're like, I cannot be an Aquarius man. (laughs) I cannot be part of this. Yeah. It's like I'm out. Um, Oh, God. Aquarius and Pisces. Both slithery. Yeah. Slithery little fucks. Poor Brittany. Just a chaotic Sag. What's Janet? Chaotic. Oh. How do you know all of this? I know everybody's everything. Do you know Danny DeVito's sign? No. (laughs) He's a Scorpio. Scorpio, dumb bitch. (laughs) Now I just want to go watch him shove himself in um, a couch. (laughs) (laughs) I forced Nika and Elisa to watch the uh, Always Sunny Christmas special where Danny DeVito sews himself into a couch. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um like a week before christmas i was like i know it'll get us into the spirit oh, it was so good neither of you had ever even seen the show before no right? i hadn't was the first, teens ruined it for the me first episode of that show you've ever seen <laughs> <laughs> danny devito like a couch gives birth to danny devito essentially <laughs> anyway um send us your mistakes at best mistake Best mistakes pod at gmail.com. Uh, follow us, follow the pod Instagram and Twitter, follow our Instagram and Twitter. Yeah. Do the thing. Do all the things. Uh, let us know what you would want to see on a Patreon. Yeah, we are trying to la- launch a, a Patreon and we would love to he- hear from the people who want to support us what you would want in return for that support. So let us know. We want it to be something that you would actually like. Um, and oh yeah, leave us a review. Reviews help so much. Reviews leave us. Help. If you only have time for a rating, the ratings help a lot too. But if you leave us a written review, um, it I guess helps us with like suggesting the pod to other listeners and putting us on like top, like comedy podcast lists, that kind of stuff. Um, that would be great because we really uh, love you all. And we're very grateful that our listenership is growing slowly, but surely, but it would be cool to get this out there more. So um, for now, since there's no Patreon, that would be a great way to support. You can also there, we have a support option on our anchor page, anchor.fm slash best mistakes. I think it is. Um, But uh you can support us, but unlike Patreon, you don't get anything in return. It's just if you want to send us money, you can. And a couple of people have done that, and we're very grateful for that. So thank you. Thanks. Um, bye. Bye.